Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hello! It is June 14th. Donald Trump's birthday, Flag Day, a day, uh, I think it's Che Guevara's birthday as well. I Googled it. I thought that I was going to have a baby today. I did not. My podcast on Sunday was late, however. I have big plans for Sunday. I was going to walk around and do some sexual influencing by the pool. I had a bunch of bikinis. I had recently revealed my pregnancy, and I was 39 plus something weeks. And I was like, hey, let's get this bump out here. I love a bump. And I put on a bikini and I took some, I'm not like a regular mom, I'm a pool mom type of photos. I stepped in some glass. It wasn't a big deal. And then I had to go back inside and work very hard on the completion of The Audacity. It is my book, sort of a how-to, fun, funny memoir. It is available for pre-order now. There are signed copies and stuff like that too. I feel like some retailers have discounted it. Some independent retailers are not able to do that. That is their business. Whomever you buy it from, it doesn't affect me. I don't understand business. I'm not a businessman. But that is available to pre-order now and it's released September 30th. I sent the email and I thought, yes, the book is done. The final edit. And I thought that I would be free and breezy and easy for the rest of the day to record the podcast. I was going to talk about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, some of the chats my sexy husband Bobby Kay and I are having in the house and um, didn't go to plan. So today's podcast is dedicated to the story of Sunday, the fast arrival of our son, and then I can put that behind me. I just thought I'd tell you about it. So if you are expecting a baby or you would like to have one in the future or you know someone who's had a baby or you just like hearing about blood and guts, you'll love today's podcast. This is just for you. Oh, and just like that, it is 12 hours later. This is my second attempt at the podcast. We tried to do it last night when we got home from the hospital, but the baby was not having it. Fussy. He had some kind of problem last night, uh, really not excited to be on the podcast, which makes very little sense to me because he is, after all, a white man with nothing to say. If you do not know, I was delivered of a baby boy on Sunday, June 13th in the evening. This came out of almost absolutely nowhere, and I like listening to birth stories. I used to watch a lot of One Born Every Minute. The Canadian version is called Baby Story, like the American-Canadian version. I love hearing the stories, even as a child. 
I, I loved hearing how babies came into the world. And that was a very clean version of what we get here in the UK on One Born Every Minute. I can't recommend the show enough. I mean, that is up close and personal. You see all kinds of stuff. I just think Channel 4 do such a good job with everything that they do. And I would like to share with you today my birth story. A, because, I don't know, you might want to hear it. Whether you're expecting or you know someone who's expecting or you have had a baby or perhaps you just like blood and guts. And also because I forget a lot of details about Violet's birth. That was nearly 12 years ago. It's her birthday at the end of this week. And the baby's had the same due date. But it's been so long I forget. So I think you should tell your birth story while it's fresh in your mind if it's something that you want to remember. So strap in, listen up. I hope to have a special guest in Bobby K. My son, Frederick, is right beside me listening right now. So Fred, if there are any details I've left out or any you know perspectives that I didn't get, I would love your insight on those. Just pipe right up. And this is my birth story. Little bit of background. If you are a listener of Telling Everybody Everything, you will know that I had some losses this year. I've been really open about those. I think it's the best thing to do. It happens to the best of us. I think normally, if you can manage it, I would be a huge advocate of a home birth. I just like staying home. I give birth like a cat. When Violet was born, it was very difficult to get me to leave the house because when you go into labor, it kind of feels like the worst food poisoning of your life. And it is that for a while. You will shit yourself for most of the day. And that's why you should stay home and let that happen because all women ask, all women ask, oh, do you poop yourself during labor? Not if you take that time at home. I really think that's key. So in this instance, I wasn't going to do a home birth because I'm very old, apparently. I'm over 35 now, which makes me an advanced maternal age geriatric pregnancy. Not to mention I have lupus, which doesn't really affect me very much, but it ranks me higher on their list of, you know, people to look after and watch out for. So I sort of thought about having a home birth. I really wanted that. And then after the losses, I was just like, do you know what? Go big or go home. Get the best hospital that you can. Get the best consultant that you can. And don't mess around with this. Not like it matters that much. It's pretty much for your own comfort, especially during COVID times, because you get a private room and you don't have to worry about being sent home because all the beds are full, like that type of stuff. However, the private consultants are the same consultants on the National Health Service. So, you know, any care that you're getting is going to be of a similar standard. But we signed up for <laughs> the biggest and the best. And I was like, this labor is going to be amazing because I had nothing with Violet. I pretty much made it to the hospital moments before she was born. I had no drugs. I was very young and very financially strapped. And I just thought, posh women surely they don't feel anything so I'm going to go to this private hospital I'll have all of the drugs I really imagined that posh people because they act so strange on the school run I'm like these women have access to some type of diamorphine that I don't know about false they give you paracetamol you know how this country operates busted your leg paracetamol headache paracetamol fell out of an aircraft paracetamol it's like the go-to for everything anyway I had spent a few days on the ball, 
Now, I don't mean, you know, focused and energized. I mean, I spent a few days on the exercise ball, which I stole from my husband, Bobby Kay's gymnasium. I was on there because it was the most comfortable place to be typing and reading for several hours when 39 plus some days, weeks pregnant. I was scheduled for an induction on Monday because, as I mentioned before, I'm old as shit. I thought this was a very civilized, very organized fashion of doing things. I did have some reservations about the induction because obviously if your body is not ripe, if your cervix is not ready, there's really nothing that you can do to bring on labor the same way that a spontaneous labor would do. So in an induction, if you don't know, they will give you like a pessary or a gel to sort of dilate your cervix. And then maybe they'll go in at lunchtime and break your waters. I don't know. There's also a balloon method. You can Google that at your leisure. And then if your contractions have not naturally started and responded to your cervix dilating or whatever, then they will give you a synthetic oxytocin to make your body contract or pitocin or whatever it is that they give you some kind of drug. And then you can have an epidural or you can get in the pool if it's too much. There are different shots of things they can give you, I think, in a consultant place or a birthing center. I don't know because none of this ended up happening for me. I did not have an induction. This is controversial. You know that I make a lot of statements on the podcast that are not meant to be taken as medical advice or endorsements. I am a clown. I do not pretend to know what's best for you and your family. But there is an Indian oil called castor oil, and I believe it comes from a nut. And it's used in massage, and it's been used, as far as I know, for centuries to induce labor, but it's not recommended to induce labor. It's like a really powerful oil, and you can get it anywhere, but you know you shouldn't officially because it's not recommended for pregnancy. You take a tablespoon, I think, of it, mix that into a smoothie, and it irritates your intestine, basically. So, like, it makes you shit yourself, allegedly, and that can also make your uterine muscles contract. It's the same psychology as people who go, oh, have a curry, have spicy food, that kind of stuff doesn't work for me. I love spicy food. It doesn't irritate me at all. And I had heard of some friends taking castor oil before their inductions. You can't just take it willy-nilly. Your body will never do what it's not ready to do. But I figured, well, it's the last day of my book edit. I'm going to finish this around 2 p.m. Hopefully I was really getting to the end. And I had purchased some castor oil online. And I thought, I'm just going to take genuinely a third of the amount that they want, like a little bit of a teaspoon. I mixed it into some freshly squeezed lemonade from M&S, not an ad. And I just thought, I'm going to drink a little bit of this and just see, because at the very worst case scenario, it will like clear out anything and you just get things ready for an induction because that's my other fear with induction is if they bring on your labor you're not in the comfort of your own home you know like you you want to have I got a bikini wax like I want everyone to have a nice time at this delivery I don't want any wild business going on so I just thought I'm going to take it the risk I believe the reason they don't want you to take it is because and this is again just anecdotal this is what I've heard I'm not a medical professional 
the reason you're not supposed to take castor oil is some of that can get uh, into the baby's system and it can make them poop in the womb, which you don't want because if they poop before they're born, then they have meconium in their amniotic fluid. They can breathe it in and that's bad for them. So I did read the pros and cons. I made the personal decision. Do you remember that? When we used to make personal medical decisions for ourselves, I made the personal decision based on my induction Monday morning to just take a tiny bit of it and see how it went. I'm not saying that this is what brought on my labor. I went to the bathroom like maybe once, no fireworks. It was nothing weird. I finish my book. I press send. I'm on the exercise ball. I feel elated. I'm like, Catherine, you did it. You beat this baby to the book. You can have a nice rest of your Sunday, record the podcast, spend one more sleep with Violet. You know, we were counting down the sleeps. Oh, we'll go and we'll do storm, muck him out. We'll go for a nice long walk. Oh, that's another thing that I had done. I had to pop in with Violet to the hospital to do a COVID test. And that's in central London. I've taken probably four COVID tests in the last four days. Because if you want to enter a hospital, you know, you can you can have lice, you can have anything that you want, but you mustn't have COVID. And I understand that's very important. But we took the opportunity in London Saturday to go out to dinner and to have a long walk. After the long walk, I lost this little... Like, look away now if you don't. I mean, if you're squeamish, you shouldn't be listening anyway. But I lost this little clear jelly baby sort of doohickey, which is called a mucus plug. All right. You can imagine what that is. It's this little jelly piece that like seals your cervix while you're pregnant. And you can expect to lose that weeks or days before birth. So I had lost that after the walk, but I just thought, yeah, no big deal. Sunday, I take the castor oil, I finish the book, and then not two hours later, I'm eating a gluten-free crumpet with delicious urban garlic boursin cheese on top, and I feel a contraction. There are expectant people who say, oh, how do you know when it's the real deal? You know, if you have to ask the question, and it's just a little bit of cramping or muscle pain. A contraction is very unique. You can feel what it is. But still, you can have these on and off for days. There are some women who are in soft, you know, not active labor for weeks sometimes. And so I felt a contraction. I went, oh, ooh, okay, well, maybe that is actually just the castor oil doing something to my butt. I didn't really know. And then it happened again only four minutes later. And I thought, four minutes apart? Ah, well, that's not a big deal, even though officially it kind of is a big deal. If you have contractions that are four minutes apart for an hour and they last kind of between 30 and 45 seconds, then you're supposed to go to the hospital. And that's what I got right away. And I was like, uh, this might be a problem. But in the back of my mind, Fred, can I help you? <clears throat> okay, so I come out of the shower. It's just after four o'clock and I have a few missed texts from Catherine. One saying, I've got some bad news for you, which I mean, that could mean anything. But then I see another text with some notes of surge contractions. I mean, 
that seemed like they were five minutes apart. So I race upstairs in a towel, dripping wet, and ask, what's going on? Should I pack a bag? She goes, oh, don't worry, don't worry. Um, you know, look, looks like we'll probably have the baby in the morning as planned. I at first didn't really believe her. So I'm like, I'm going to go pack a bag, make sure everything's ready, get the car ready. You know, game time is what's going through my head. Um, and then I'm going to feed Violet. We have to take Violet to do Storm. So I'm planning, planning this based on Catherine's timeline of tomorrow morning. Maybe we leave tonight. We have a nanny that's due to show up in a couple of hours. This went on and intensified over the next 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And I thought, oh, Catherine, you know the rules. If contractions are four minutes apart and they're increasing in intensity and they last like 30 seconds, 45 seconds each, and that persists for an hour, then you're in active labor and you need to go to the hospital. But I was embarrassed because I know that I had taken that oil and I thought maybe I wasn't supposed to do that. And these are just intense contractions of my intestine that I've caused. But it really didn't feel like that. It really felt like it was in the front. And I thought, Catherine, you idiot. Don't worry, you're not having the baby today, but this is great news. It'll really prepare things, move things along. You're going to have a smooth induction tomorrow that won't result in a C-section. Maybe you won't even need the synthetic drugs. You can just go in there in the morning and pretty much have the baby right away, in and out. Maybe you're a genius. Let's wait and see. Spoiler alert, not a genius. The yells or groans from upstairs slowly become louder and louder to the point where Violet is like, you know, I think something's really wrong. What's going on? I go upstairs, check on Catherine. I'm sent away. She tells me to leave her alone. I'm getting yelled at, bullied, treated like a dog, really. But I understood. I was like, all right, that's fine. I'll give you space. I'm downstairs cooking. I'm like, do you want anything? Do you need space? She goes, just space, 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 space. It was hurting so much that I was, uh, I don't know, I'm blacked out at this minute, but quite vocal, wailing a little bit, asking the Lord why, just saying no a lot, just, you know, the usual pain. So just like that, there was a transition where I was in big, bad trouble. I couldn't even track the contractions anymore at all. They were on top of each other. They were really intense. Only an hour had passed since the first contraction. So it was just really intense out of nowhere. I could feel pain in between the contractions even. And I just thought, this is bad. This is bad news, Catherine. You fool. And I just decided I'm not going anywhere. I'm not getting in any car. I'm just going to have to stay here. And I don't know what that's going to achieve, but basically I'm not leaving. I start questioning my whole life. Like, Catherine, you're spoiled now. You're privileged. You're old. You can't take it. And I just convinced myself that this was going to be an entire 24 hours of labor. And I was a little bitch. Bobby rushes up the stairs and he says, this is bad. I know you said this is going to be all night. I really believe we should go to the hospital. I said, no absolutely not and he said well you need to please at least come downstairs i get her downstairs i'm just finishing off dinner for violet and she's on the toilet yelling screaming i walk in bobby has a special way with me i don't listen to people i'm not getting in the car for anyone i did try to tell him no I was really in a place of giving up, just like, I can't do anything. I can't go anywhere. I felt really stuck. I couldn't make the decision. Do I stay home and suffer? 
do I risk going to the hospital and suffering in the car because it's 45 minutes to the hospital. I didn't know what was going to happen in the car. To be very honest with you, I was scared of the pain, but I was also scared of like pooping myself in the car. I was also really scared of Bobby having to pull over on like Marlebone Road and deliver this baby. I just knew in the back of my mind, something was bad. And all of a sudden from let's go tomorrow morning, it turns into we need to call an ambulance. I'm like, what? Ambulance? So I pick, grab my phone. I'm about to dial an ambulance. I was like, no, no, this is crazy. This is crazy. Let's just go. I'll drive you right now to the hospital. We'll get there quicker than an ambulance likely would. Let's go. After I moved the bin of puke and, you know, there's it's just a mess. Um, I can't believe what's going on. Bobby looks me in the eye and he goes, we need to leave. He'd been cooking Violet dinner. He turned it all off. The babysitter was still 40 minutes away, but Violet's 12. And so she said, just go go. I'll text the babysitter to hurry. I'll be fine by myself. I will make a cheese sandwich because that is the kind of team playing G that Violet is. So Bobby got me in the car. I hate that we have CCTV because you could just see me in my little black jammy set just waddling out there feeling so sorry for myself, like whimpering, like why? Just feeling like such a freak. I had plans to deliver this baby calmly and poshly and quite fucked up on whatever drugs were offered. And I was really looking forward to experiencing birth that way. I'd already done it the horrible, painful way. I'd already nearly given birth in a car. And I just thought, not again. The map says about a 42 minute drive. I know I can do a bit better. So I'm put the map and the GPS in the car. Plus I have my phone set up safely and I'm trying to judge between two maps the quickest route there. God bless Bobby following two different maps driving through central London at dinner time albeit mercifully it was on a Sunday but there's still traffic you know how it is construction everything people making wrong moves him getting stuck at lights the car helped me get into a hypnobirthing zone in a way he had the air conditioning on full blast and the windows open i had my arm out the window i had my body tilted to the right because i thought you are going to have to channel cardi b do a kegel while it's inside as she says in the WAP video and just squeeze the life out of what is left of your vagina and keep this baby in because at this point listeners I could absolutely feel him coming I could feel the waters bulging and I just thought I'm not going out like this and so I'm leaning to the side just trying to keep him in against my pelvic bone I got my hand out the car enjoying the breeze and I was getting a few seconds of reprieve where I would be calm and then a few seconds of screaming no 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 and then ah ah hell and then a few seconds of reprieve so you know the hell was bad and I was really yelling out the window i'm sorry to any uh motorists or pedestrians who might have been like is that tv's katherine ryan like praying for her life screaming on the a1 yes it was me but i just had to get through it i'm like not feeling too valuable here so i can just simply focus on my driving and get her there safely i'm really dialed in 
and then this is when I start to pull some illegal moves, we would say. I shoot past like three cars, make a turn, again, all safe, just trying to beat this time, because what I'm realizing is this baby is coming quick. I didn't realize how quick. It was bad. And the thing with contractions, if you've not had them before, it's sort of like the ocean is that you can feel a wave coming and it's the fear and anticipation of it hitting the surf that really is scary before it's painful. So I could always feel it coming and I would go, no, 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 no. And then it would come and I'd be like, oh, and then it would go for a few minutes and I could feel it coming again. And it's, it's fear mixed with pain. It's hesitation and anticipation before the boogeyman pops out. You know, it's totally like the same format as a horror film you're just like no 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 and bobby kept it together we press on she asks how far away we are i tell her she doesn't want to know don't tell me i'm like okay well why ask the question and we got to the hospital and i waddled out by the grace of god i was still able to move when i got to the hospital i went straight into the lift we get up to the third floor and we come out of the elevator. People are waiting for us, the two midwives. But first, Catherine makes a dramatic hand over head against the wall, shoes everyone away, and does like a, no, 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 for about you know 30 seconds. I guess she's having a contraction, but we're just shooed away. I try to speak up. She tells me to shut up. The midwives give me a look like, yeah, this is, uh, this is normal. Don't worry about it. And so I'm leaning against the wall, praying for death during what is another intense contraction. And I can hear them just pleasantly asking Bobby about traffic, different questions like that. They're very nice. They're very calm, you know, like sacred cows. A midwife is such a formidable job to have in life. I'm so grateful for them. I would love to be a midwife one day if I was smart enough and I wasn't doing this. Then we get rushed off into the room. She's laid down. So somehow they get me on the bed and I'm talking about drugs straight away. I'm like, where are these drugs? I hear about drugs. I'm going to need drugs. I've been through a lot. First, I mean, she's just asking for drugs. Drugs, drugs, drugs. That's all we could talk about. I had been through a lot. I mean, it was intense pain, but not for a long, kind of two and a half hours of pain. And you know what I've learned is that you can go through any pain that is temporary. It really sucks at the time. And I have a girlfriend who's going through a terrible breakup at the minute, and it's physically painful for her. And I understand if you want to compare it to Sunday's labor experience, it's that anticipation of, oh no, this is going to last a little while longer. What's going to happen next? I know that there's pain to come. I've been through pain. This is a whole process. It really fucking sucks. Physical pain, emotional pain, romantic pain, heartbreak, but all of it is temporary. And as labors go, having it go this quickly i mean i was so lucky they give her gas we lay her down she checks the midwife checks how dilated she is it's eight fucking centimeters which i didn't really know what that meant i just knew that it was a big number and we're a bit concerned because we don't have the anesthetist to do the epidural which was you know paid for our doctor he's on the way the cord girl she's on the way and this baby I didn't realize I'm trying to figure out, oh, should I go park the car? I thought I had a couple of hours just to chill out, you know. But what I learned quickly was for the next half hour, there's big updates every minute. At which point I'd filled my lungs with probably 10 deep 
breaths of gas and air. So I was feeling great. It doesn't take away the pain. It just puts you on a little cloud nine where you don't care anymore so much. So I had this gas and air. My voice was deep from the nitrous oxide and I just felt like such a champ. I was like, yes. In a way, I thought, yes, I'm not coming in here with my tail between my legs one centimeter after thinking that I was going to die. I really labored all the way at home in only two and a half hours and in the car and I'm nine centimeters. It was kind of a victory for me. Maybe that was the gas and air talking, but I just felt like you've done it again, Catherine. Like you can deliver babies really well-ish without drugs. Whatever your birth experience is, you can't control it. If it's a terrible one, you're not a failure. If it's a fast one, you're not exactly a hero because like, I had no control over what was happening. I really didn't. Your body takes over and it's just going to go for you how it wants to go for you. And every labor is different. Every baby's different. Every person's different. So they said you're nine centimeters. And I asked a very common, very stupid question. I said, can I still have the epidural? And the ladies smiled and they said, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Because at nine centimeters, if you are an old hat at this, you will know there's one centimeter left and that happens in seconds. And then you push at 10 centimeters and the baby comes out. And then I get the updates. Oh, we can see the head. Good job, Catherine. And Catherine, let's be honest, she is absolutely killing it. This baby is coming very quickly. My waters had not gone. And the midwife said to me, you know, your consultant is just around the corner. We called him. He'll be here any second. Do not push because he'll be here and he'll deliver your baby and it'll all be fine. Your waters don't need to be broken. You know, you got that one centimeter left. Just hold on. He is seconds away. He's probably in the lift. I took one more deep deep breath of that gas and air. And like I said, it's out of your control at that point. I had a biological urge just to push as hard as I could. And I thought, no, I will wait for no one at this point. I'm sorry. And that's what I said. I said, I'm sorry. And then I bared down as hard as I could. And my waters popped and gushed like a dam breaking in Niagara Falls. And I am sorry to those beautiful, calm, educated, expert midwives, but I got everything wet in that room. And thankfully the waters were clear and clean. And then the baby was coming. And Bobby is someone that I worry about passing out, but he was kind of on the right hemisphere of, you know, my body. And he was not really looking. He was looking at the heart monitor and just checking that the baby was okay. And uh, the gas and air is great. I mean, I really kind of think the gas and air is all you need. Because if you can get a load of that, it just doesn't hurt that much. Not by pushing point anyway. You know, labor hurts. And then by the time you're pushing, it's just more of a visceral like, it's, everything's already open and ready to go, for lack of a better description. So I pushed that head out and they told Bobby, look down at your baby's head, which he did. And there's just like a little baby smiling up at him. Uh, we didn't know the gender because, I mean, if you're looking for advice and I know you're not, don't find out the gender. You don't need to know. Who cares? It's too soon to tell anyway. And it's just such a lovely surprise. So we didn't know. We just see this little head. And then I took another big breath of gas in there and they said, okay, when you have the urge to push, you just push this baby out. And you think the shoulders and body are worse than the head. They're kind of not. 
pushed the rest of him out. Bobby said he was a boy. I said, oh, okay. And um, he was lovely, and it was great. It was fine. And at the moment that he was put on me, and we were cleaning him off, and the midwives were just so, I mean, I just love midwives so much. This podcast is dedicated to midwives. Um, Bobby was so brilliant and so calm, just like the midwives during the whole thing. The consultant came in the room right away. So, you know, he's great. I would have loved to experience his care as well, but oh well, I had been too stubborn to give anybody any notice or wait for my induction in the morning. And he um, delivered the placenta and that was it. It was nice to see him. He looked great, smells great. Um, And that was my birth story. So start to finish, first contraction until the moment the baby was born. It's like exactly three hours. My takeaway is I was very, very lucky but also very, very stupid and should have probably listened to science and gone to the hospital a bit early or just planned the home birth despite everyone's advice. You know, you're old, Catherine, you have lupus, Catherine. I I understand that, you know, that is medical advice, but, mm, and if something goes wrong, you're really good to be in the care of the NHS and have access to a hospital. But you can do it. If you're thinking of having it at home with gas and air, like, I don't know, talk to your doctor. But gas and air is great. I wish I had a canister of it, you know, just for those hard nights. Um, If you go through a breakup, if you're in that kind of pain, I feel like you should be allocated one canister of NHS gas and air. It doesn't hurt you, right? And to our amazement there's a little boy Catherine's not impressed it's a boy and the little boy is such a gem he's like so much easier than Violet was day one and two anyway he had a few freakouts last night but he's cool I feel great ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Castor oil, officially not advised. Last week, I was talking about recurrent miscarriage and how I went to see this brilliant doctor whom I do credit with helping me because no other doctor will really do anything for you in the first 12 weeks. And I believe it's worth getting checked out to see if you can be helped if you're having recurrent miscarriages, but I can't give you that advice. Castor oil. I don't know if that's what brought on my natural labor the night before my scheduled induction. I don't know. 
I took such a small amount of it, but officially you're not supposed to do that. So look, I like to be honest with you, tell you what I have done, whether that be the right thing or the wrong thing, the smart thing or the stupid thing, that's what I've done. Um, I wish you wonderful labors and deliveries. If it's not something that you want to do, don't. And if it is something you're looking to do in the future, I think my takeaway is even when it's bad, it's not that bad. You can do it. And I'm tired of only hearing horror stories. It can be totally fine. And I liked it. Thank you so much for all your lovely messages this week. We have been overwhelmed. You know, let the gifts roll in. Um, Lots of messages on Instagram and uh, everything else. Lots of emails. I didn't get to any of your questions this week just because you're being so nice and sending congratulations to tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. But look, life goes on. You still got problems. And I would love to solve those for you. Or at least uh, read about your problems on the podcast and maybe make them worse i try to help so email me telling everybody everything at gmail.com i'm so grateful for this whole journey that we've been on to get little frederick here safely i'm very grateful to the consultant who wasn't there but then eventually showed up and was cool i'm very grateful to the midwives and i'm sorry to the discharging midwife for bouncing i have a history of just needing to leave hospitals i don't like to feel trapped she was not pleased with me when we left because she was like i need to go through this paperwork with you and i was like baby doll i've been here trying to leave since yesterday when i popped the baby out in 25 minutes so it's almost lunchtime i'm out and that was nothing against you ma'am i think you did a great job but i just had to get out of there you know how it is i had dogs i had a podcast to do and my one of my dogs was missing and that was an accident but um yeah cardi left because she was trying to find bobby while we were gone so i mean we just can't leave again it'll have to be a home birth next time Good luck to all of you, whatever you're doing, and I'll see you soon. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com